Okay, I'm here at a casual connect in Seattle, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Lou Fasulo, the COO of uh, Z2 Live and here in Seattle, and we, we build uh, freemium games for iOS and mobile in general. And what games have you done so far? Our first title, uh, Trade Nations, is a city builder and economic sim. It's a very social game. Uh, and then our second title, Metal Storm Online, which launched in May, is a real-time multiplayer uh, modern air combat game. And, um, you know, those are two very different types of games. What inspires you to do those? Um, you know, where do you, I mean, what do you feel is the focus of your studio? Is it just mobile in general? Or is it, um, you know, multiplayer games? I mean, you know, one's real-time, one seems to be asynchronous. What's two different skill sets? Sure. Um, certainly different, uh, different audiences. I think the core of, the core DNA of our, our company is around social and player-to-player -player interaction, and both of those games are very, very social. Uh, trade Nations has a trading element where you, you get together with friends, you trade resources, and Metal Storm obviously is an online uh, multiplayer game. It's, it can also be, it also has a co-op mode, so you can play with friends, you don't have to actually shoot them down. Um, and that, I think that's the corridor to our DNA. Uh, designers and team have different experiences, and we tap into those. We have a wide breadth of uh, past products in our, in our collective past, and uh, <clears throat> so we look, you know, where players want something new and interesting, and we kind of go there. You know, at this conference, a lot of people talk about social and mobile. Um, do you feel that even mobile players even want an intensely social experience? If you look at some of the top games on iPhone and Android, they're really more about isometric, kind of like the casual games that you've seen on Facebook. Um, is that what you've seen with your games? or? Do people really want this social element, and or is it just you need to have a core game, and then there's lightweight social mechanics around? We, you know, our history is in building platforms, and we've had uh, virtual currency social games on iOS since uh, March of 2010, and our metrics and sort of our uh, experiences show that players love to really get engrossed with their friends and play with their friends. Um, it's a lot more compelling if you think about other types of experiences, Xbox Live, I don't really play that with strangers, but I'm pretty excited to get online and, and play with friends. So uh, it's much more engaging, it makes the experience feel a little more real and emotional, and um, I th we certainly believe it. Okay. And so you're talking about real life friends, not necessarily in-game friends and stuff? I think uh, certainly real life friends, and I think people make friends in the games as well. Uh, Trade Nations, for example, has in-game mail, and players will negotiate trades through that mail, and then they become friends. And uh, we actually have these uh, forums where people say, "Hey, I'm going to be gone for vacation. I want everyone to know that I'm uh, not rejecting your trades." And you know, it's very clear they care about the community, even though they haven't met. And what's been the biggest surprise then? Um, you know, deploying these games on iPhone. Um, you know, it's a, well, yeah, what's been the biggest surprise of mobile or even these uh, social games on mobile devices? Has there been anything that your team has, to, has had to adjust um, compared to what they thought what they'd have to do uh, based on their previous game design experience? Sure. So uh, there have been a lot of surprises. Uh, we probably have a new one every day. I think, in particular, the biggest surprise for us has been how quickly players uh, churn, you know, just burn through content. And uh, you know, we wound up having to work much faster than anticipated to keep up with demand for new items and new content and, and new features in, in all of our games. And so one of those new features, I mean, that's how I heard about you guys, is um, you have this kind of charity connection to the game. Can you talk more about that? Sure. 
So uh, when we launched Trade Nations, you know, the first thing on our minds was literally making enough money to pay, you know, pay the bills, um, and that was kind of exciting uh, threshold to cross. And uh, then we started asking ourselves, you know, how do we want to pay it forward, and how do we want to contribute to the community? Uh, and one of the one of the specific areas that our team was very passionate about was uh, clean drinking water, and we had been exposed to charity water, and we we felt that this was a fundamental problem that when you contribute to solving it, it allows uh, people to move on to other quality of life issues that um, allow them to then, you know, kind of develop further. Um, so, you want to talk about... Uh, yeah, um, so people can um, buy a virtual item in the game and that virtual item, the, the proceeds of that virtual item get donated to a charity then? Or? Sure, so exactly. We have put a, um, a well in Trade Nations and obviously people are decorating their uh, their nation uh, and the well is a very appropriate uh, item. So we wanted this to feel natural and, and um, consistent with the, the metaphor of building your town. Uh, but in this particular case, uh, all of the proceeds from building the well in your town go directly to Charity Water. We've had over 2,000 of them uh, purchased by players. And does the well give you also some special in-game power or anything like that, or is it primarily a decoration? Uh, that's a great question. So we actually decided that it would not uh, give you any special powers because we feel it's important for players to engage in the same mission that we're engaging in. So while a lot of decorations do uh, sort of buff your town's output, this one does not. Um, and it, it's actually more about educating people uh, about what we, you know, what we stand for, what we believe in, and giving them the ability to opt in without just sort of accidentally saying, "Yeah, I really need this power up," and buying it and not even knowing what they're doing. And you know, do you feel that having a virtual item is the most effective way to do that? I mean, as game designers and game developers, is it just easier to maybe integrate gameplay so that people are just aware of the situation rather than donating to to the cause directly? I mean, you know. As game developers and designers, we have interactions with, you know, from a media point of view versus the charities where, um, you know, no matter how much you, I guess you could, you could touch more people just letting them know about the situation than even just taking the money and donating it. What, what are your thoughts? Well, ultimately we're doing both, right? We're actually educating them and uh, we're, we're directly uh, contributing. And both of those activities are important. Uh, one of the unique things about the well, which is a little bit different from sort of an event-driven uh, thing where you're kind of reacting to a disaster or some specific ad campaign, uh, is that the well will stay in the game for as long as it's available. And, uh, you know, that means in six, you know, six months from now, uh, players could be continuously buying wells and kind of engaging in this, uh, in, in, in this momentum uh, that we're creating around Jerry Water uh, for a long time. So are you going to also frequently just release new items related to the Charity Water um, donation campaign, or is it just going to be the well? In Trade Nations, it'll probably just be the well, but we'll continue to do things in our new games as we launch them. And, um, you know, what's been the biggest surprise, I guess, for mobile game design for you, or just mobile development uh, in general? The You know, the most interesting thing to me, I think, is looking at the impact that Apple has made on the industry. Uh, they've done an amazing job with the entire iTunes experience and the quality of device and ease of use. And for developers, it's very easy to build a game, have it run on multiple uh, devices, and get basically global distribution. Uh, 
and now with the uh, iPad 2, you know, connected to your TV and you can play Metal Storm on your TV, uh, that's opening a, a, a whole new sort of uh, front in the device and hardware and ecosystem uh, war between companies like Microsoft and Apple and, and Nintendo. And we see these really high-end devices working as controllers for your TV, and then when you're on the bus, you can play a really high-end game uh, while you're traveling, and you can have that console experience literally wherever you are. And that's kind of that's a fundamental change that uh, I think people aren't really anticipating right now. And what are your thoughts about Android versus iPhone? So you know, a lot of the talk at the conference is about you know developing an iPhone app. Do you feel that you know? But then we also hear that Android actually has now more activations per day than iPhone. Um, you know, can you talk about anything related to your studio? Are you going to still focus on iPhone, or are you going to move towards Android? We're obviously big believers in iOS, but we also think that Android will play a big role in the market. Uh, what's challenging about Android is uh, that devices are very fragmented, and it requires a significant amount of investment to really support a larger user base across hundreds of devices. I actually started in mobile gaming in 2003. Uh, I sort of founded the mobile gaming business at Singular Wireless and saw device fragmentation and watch publishers struggle through supporting all those devices and uh, am aware of both business and technical issues in a, in a little more intimate way than maybe some other folks. And I think those are going to be big challenges for the industry and more specifically for products that are delivered as a service. So in Trade Nations we do updates every three to four weeks with new content, new features, and doing that kind of thing across 100 devices with different screen resolutions and memory uh, specifications is going to be a challenge. Uh, so, you know, that's a concern. That's something we're very focused on trying to solve or, or facilitate, you know, making it as easy as possible. Uh, but it's going to be a, a massive market, and ultimately we're excited about it. Yeah, do you feel that uh, the market for iPhone is, is already about to consolidate? Um, what are your thoughts on the future of mobile game design and game development and the opportunities for smaller game developers? Uh, you know, we talk about that quite a bit uh, in, in our uh, office. And one of the things that um, my kind of take on brands and larger publishers versus indies is that Consumers play games and consume games on mobile phones and mobile devices in a much different pattern than they do on a console. Console business, you're making a $60 decision and it's a commitment and you're going to play that game all the way through, even if it takes you, you know, 100 hours. Uh, and you're explicitly not going to play other games during that period of time. Um, if you look at a gamer's phone, you're going to find 70, 80, 100 apps. And they've certainly spent some time in all of those they do probably a lot more round trips to the store than they to the iTunes store, the Android store, than they ever made to GameStop. And so, uh, big publishers with big brands will certainly uh, have a place, and they'll gain market share as they get better at bringing those titles to mobile. Um, but there certainly just aren't enough meaningful brands to fulfill gamers' appetites in the mobile ecosystem. And do you feel then that uh, mobile is going to displace a lot of these other um, platforms, like even web, um, you know, like uh, PC, console, stuff like that? I definitely think there's, there are going to be some meaningful changes. Uh, there are new technologies that are emerging that are pretty exciting and are causing basically a convergence. Um, HTML5, the availability of Flash on Android phones. Uh, 
all of these technologies are going to be fighting for a while for you know consumer and developer adoption and ultimately handset makers uh, can prolong this battle by trying to differentiate their devices uh, but yeah you know all of this is converging it may be five years out or ten years out but certainly we're all going to be playing some, sort of in the same pond at some point and once again where can listeners uh, find out more about your game potentially play them stuff like so uh, z2live.com, you can find out about our games, uh, also just generally about our company and a little bit more about Play to Change, our initiative uh, to drive uh, you know, change in games. Thank you very much.